Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I am so here. I am a frazzled Minnesota mom in the middle of Christmas. If I pack one more thing into last week, I would. it would all blow. I'm like a... Thousand Christmas treats and a, a bag fit for 20. So much going on trying to make it to basketball practice and pack people up for their roller garden, end of middles, like first quarter performance and get the Swedish meatballs made. I did a fairly passable to terrible job making my Swedish meatballs. I may have to go back to Ingebretsen's in the height of the line and stand on that crazy line because I crowded the pan. Do I know better? I know better. I am a professional. I know a lot of things about not crowding the pan with my meatballs. I was so tired. It was 830 at night. I made some poor decisions. I have some great gravy. I'll tell you that much. That's how that worked out. So, you know, Christmas. Where are you gonna? What are you gonna bake? That's the thing I want to talk about. So I have the best guest in the world is Zoe Francois. She has managed to get her children up through the kind of you know toddler and other difficult grade school years, and they're teenagers. They're teenagers. She did it. I'm gonna learn from her. She has this great new book. Okay, you know Zoe Francois because she does the artisan bread in five. Thing They have, I think, seven books at this point. The latest one is maybe my favorite because I am indulgent as <laughs> the holiday and celebration bread. So we'll talk about all that. But I also want you to call in and text in and tell me about your baking. I'm kind of hoping this will be our annual tradition. Do you make your mom's steam pudding recipe? Do you make you know a special Italian panettone that your great-grandma made with saffron? What is it? Do you make a Scandinavian little pula rolls? What are you making? What are you making? I need to know. You can call 651-989-9226. You can text us, 81807. And up until then, I'm just going to talk to Zoe about baking because her book is so good. Because I love brioche. Zoe, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So tell me... What made you want to – like these are the difficult things. These are the breads that are like once you master the shallow end of the pool, then you go and you make the stuff with a candied citron. What made you think you could do this for the everyday people? This was the book I wanted to write the day I met Jeff and decided we were going to write a book together. So, you know, our first book was all about European breads and sort of the breads people are more familiar with baguettes and boules, which is just a round loaf of bread. Um, But the things that get me excited because I'm a pastry chef are the sweet things and the pretty things. You are a pastry chef. Anybody that ever went to Tilia, (laughs) that's where where I first learned of your work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was coming from. So the first recipe I developed for our very first book was brioche. And it's not hard. I mean – I went to culinary school. I studied all the traditional ways of baking. 
nobody in their right mind would bake brioche at home because you have to add butter. It has to be just the right temperature. You add a ton of it. You have to knead it forever. So when we developed our five-minute-a-day process, I just melted the butter and poured it into the bucket and stirred it up like the rest of them. And lo and behold, it made a great loaf of bread. So all of these breads are based on that same simple, simple, fast technique. So I should, we, should, we should backtrack. So if people don't know, mm-hmm. the whole premise behind your five-minute-a-day bread mm-hmm. empire is that you, <laughs> you make a big batch of dough right. when you got a minute, and then you can kind of pull off hunks of it, and that's the five minutes. Like, that's, that's right. where you – so you do some stuff. But I have been – I think I was not there with you for the first book because now – I think I got the first – the first one I got was maybe the revised later mm-hmm. book. Okay. And my little one was about five, and she – this was, like, her favorite thing because we have this, uh, you know, kind of acrylic bucket. Is it acrylic? You know, one of those food service clear buckets – and she would put, you know, you just dump a couple of flat cups of flour in there and then you can put your little hands, if you're yeah. five, your little hands, you put your little hands in there and you like <laughs> smoosh it all around. And she loved this so much. And so that was, and then you can just kind of, you know, refill, you can add more flour. You can just keep refilling the bucket and yeah. you get a nice uh, complex dough over That's time. Right. Um, and so we were doing that forever. And then we kind of fall up, fell off the truck when we was gone on vacation or something. Um, and now we, we need to start over. And, um, but I think the reason, so you, that's the artisan bread part. And so what you have in this new book, the holiday and celebration, five minute a day bread, you have, um, you know, the basic stolen recipe, the basic brioche recipe, some other ones. And then you can use that basic dough to do so many like uh, you have the saffron buns, even though St. Lucia's Day yep. just passed, everybody, you can start practicing for next year. Get, make your own St. Lucia's Day saffron buns. That will be impressive on your block. Yeah. The the interesting thing that I found when doing some research about, because we wanted to touch not just on the on the breads that we were familiar with, but also recognizing that almost every culture celebrates their holidays and celebrations with bread. So that recipe for the St. Lucia buns, there's almost an identical Indian flatbread. Really? Using the same saffron dough, same spices, but they roll it really thin, almost as if you were going to make a pita, and then fry it. And it is magnificent. There's actually... um, The name of it, of course, is escaping me, but we'll come up with that. Sure. But it is a beautiful bread that is almost identical in the dough as the St. Lucia's bread. Well, that's like the basic premise of of cooking life, right, is that every day you can use flour and water, and then the holidays come, and then you pull out all the stops, and you've got your eggs and your butter – and that's kind of how that's kind you know we're so spoiled in the late or wherever we are in the 21st century um that we don't think of eggs as an indulgent mm, right. you know like that's i got it's the holidays i can use eggs but that's that's the logic right 
Yeah. I mean, this is the time that people really added, like you're saying, they added the nuts and the candied fruit and sugar and really went all out and decorating. It's not just about the dough. It's also about these pretty, pretty breads. So this was one of the most exciting things about doing this book is that we got to add a picture for every single recipe, which is different than any of our other books. Yeah. People don't know when you're in publishing, every color picture like adds to the price and so you'll get you ever get a cookbook and it has just like a couple of pictures in the middle like yeah, that's that because was our first it co- yeah the, it could cost so much and nobody wants to spend the money on the that's pictures right. unless they're sure it's going to be worth it yeah and this i feel like for these you did breads, it Zoe. you're a good earner they gave you pictures <laughs> exactly we got our picture but i felt like for this book in particular the pictures are just so key i feel like i'm such a visual learner ever you know Everybody will attempt this if they can see what they're working towards. And also we got to do all of these how-to photographs. So we take people step-by-step on how to form these breads. So they look intricate, but they're actually super, super simple. I did the star bread the holiday star bread. From okay, the we book. were talking about this. You guys, I wish I could, through the magic <laughs> of radio, show you this. It looks like a tropical flower. It's a star. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful. Yep. And I was telling her that it look, you know, it looks like you need to have gone to culinary school and also lived in France for a long time to pull this off. But and and she was telling me in the green room, no, you you don't. It's super simple. I mean, we have pictures and how to pictures in the book, but I also do. Um, how-to videos on Instagram. And I did this video, and pretty much the next day, I had 100 people posting their star breads. And now we're up to about 500 star really <laughs> on Instagram. And it's so exciting because it's, you know, it's accomplished bakers. And then it's 11-year-olds who are doing this. So it's really, you don't have to have ever, ever baked a loaf of bread before to pull this off. It's that easy. I think that people will be surprised because, you know, you can make the basic brioche dough. And it's, you look at the recipe, it's a bit intimidating. It's a bunch of eggs and a bunch of butter. But then it's it's actually three recipes of dough that you're making at once. And then you can make Cinnamon rolls, you can make monkey bread, you can make, um, you know, a special chestnut chocolate French loaf, like all from that one base recipe. That's right. That's groovy. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the beauty of it is that you have this big bucket of dough. Like you're saying, it can be four smaller loaves or two large loaves, but it's not this precious loaf that you've been working hours on. And so you're more apt to play with them. And we hope that this is sort of a jumping off point, that people will get creative, that they'll put their own um, spin on things or take their family traditions and add it to the um, to the dough and to their breads. And if you're a chef in the Twin Cities, you're most certainly going to start putting Sriracha sauce in there, or you know, <laughs> right. we'll see all the chili, all the That's chili the peppers. You can't, you can't give a young man a, a dough without some chili peppers working oh. into it. Sorry, I think that's a true thing, young chefs. It's a what is it? What are the other things that they have to put in? It would be a whiskey, a tea, chili peppers. But those are not in the book. I'm just saying. No, they're not These are in the inevitable. book. But they could be. <laughs> Absolutely, you add whatever moves you. 
Oh, it is groovy stuff. All right. Well, let's take a little break. We're going to come back here. We will hopefully take your calls. you got to call in in order for us to take your calls. That's a sequential necessity. <laughs> 651-989-9226 or text us, 81807. Dara here. All right. So we're doing our holiday bacon spectacular. What are you baking? 81807 or call in. I want to hear about it. 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. I have heard from a couple people lately who are trying to recreate their steamed puddings. I think that's interesting because steamed puddings. I haven't heard much about them in a while, and now yeah. all of a sudden everyone's talking about them. I think it's the Great British Baking Show. Oh, that yeah. could be. I think uh, that show is single handedly bringing back a bunch of these traditions. Or or. Bringing them to an American audience, maybe. The British, when I think of British baking, I mean, I guess it's all of the things, like a lot of them have kind of turned into American, you know, mm-hmm. we when we sure. think of scones or those are, uh, but it's, um, I don't know. We were talking before about commonalities with all the, the great celebration doughs around the world. And you were telling me, this is so interesting, that there's a Ramadan dough that's the same as a basically a holly loaf. Yeah, we um, we have in the book, we have a Ramadan pita that is essentially, well, we do make it out of our challah dough. So we just take the challah, we roll it out thin like we do a pita in a disc, and we bake it on a baking stone, and it puffs up into a pita, and we brush it with an egg yolk wash, and it comes out this caramel, beautiful color, and it stays puffed up until you break into it. And it's just one of the most beautiful and delicious breads. And it could not be any more simple. Oh, I love that. I just, uh, I will say um, the the baking is so satisfying. It's kind of my one of my my things, things I like to do at home. I like to do the projects where you do a bunch of work and then somehow magically like a bunch of work continues to be done on your behalf by <laughs> by the dough. And I think baking is that. Uh, do we have a call on the line, Mr. Dennis? Is that a... We got two. We Barbara got... and Forest Lake. Barbara and Forest Lake. All right, Barbara and Forest Lake. Are you baking this weekend? I am. What are you doing? Well, right now I'm making what I call million-dollar bars. Oh, yes. I've got one batch of fudge done last weekend. I baked all weekend as well. But um, I'm also going to be making some um, fruit bread, and uh, stolen. Oh, yes. all right. I have so many questions. First question: <laughs> Do did you pick this up on your own, or is this stuff you learned from you know mothers, fathers, family? I've probably been baking and cooking since I could get my hands into a mixing bowl. Yes. Um, we grew up in the kitchen um, with my grandmother and my mother, both teaching us. Um, in very, you know, my grandmother had a very primitive home. So the little table in the middle of the floor was it, and she didn't have an electric mixer, and she didn't have running water, and but we made cookies. And and that was in Minnesota? That was in Iowa. Oh, in Iowa. Oh, it was fast. Was that a farm, like a farm yes. town? Oh, no yes. running water. That's, I can't imagine. I'm a mess. I would yeah, not be able to was, function. It was tough, but that's <laughs> the way they lived until, I think I was in high school when they built wow, a new house and so actually cool. had an indoor bathroom. And Oh, that is so cool. And so um, and now my next question Fruits. What fruits? What are the fruits of the fruit bread in your tradition? Actually, tradition, this is a bread that I came up with a couple of years ago that I found on a paleo site. Oh. 
Um, it has uh, coconut oil and almond flour, um, almonds, pecans, walnuts, um, apricots, dried apricots and figs, cranberries, dates, pineapple, and blueberries. You are the perfect American baker. You're taking stuff from the past, stuff from the very much digital present. You're making it all happen. (laughs) You're perfect. And when I make my fruitcake, I don't buy the candied stuff in the store. Mm -hmm. I use the dried fruits Mm -hmm. and um, put that in it, and it's just delicious. I do that, too. Do you soak them in – I soak mine in rum. No, I I don't. We don't – Use alcohol. Oh, sure. um, You can also use tea. um, Orange juice. Oh, orange juice. Perfect. Yeah, because I was going to say sometimes plumping up the fruit Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. really helps. Makes it more moist. Mm -hmm. Um, I come from a German background, so Mm -hmm. we we always had some type of stolen or fruit bread of some kind. And um, and then my husband is Norwegian, and they have the lefse and everything that goes in the the fruit breads and that type of thing. So it's always a lot of fun to bake for Christmas. I love this. This is the Super Bowl of baking week. This is when we've taken all the stops. <laughs> all right, Barbara, um, raising a cup of coffee in your general direction. Thanks for calling in. Oh, and I love your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Now we've got a call from Jane in Minneapolis. Jane, are you baking this weekend? I am going to make a pumpkin custard. And unfortunately, I'm from Minneapolis, so I do use electrical equipment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thomas Edison would be proud. All right. So <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, I use a, um, a can of, uh, of condensed milk and a can of, uh, of uh, pumpkin and um, some pie spice. And it, it it makes an excellent custard. That sounds good. And so, do you do you uh, do you kind of individual ramekins that kind of situation, or do you no, do one I, big one? I just kind of do a big one. Oh, I like I, it. And so, I could I could I could like um, put them in the um, in the um, uh, uh, in individual things, but you're not doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I I have I have a. I, I I haven't figured out my measurement yet, but I think the cupcake holder would do a good deal with me. Oh, I like it. All right, so you got any, so you're mainly making a custard. Any other baking plans or baking this for the holidays? No, no, no. I I uh, uh, I made pumpkin cookies before. It, it's a, it's it's essentially the same stuff, but it's um, not the condensed milk. It's it's the flour and the um, and the spices and their pumpkin cookies are really good. I love all the pumpkin things. All that's a good. Those are you're using vegetables. You're doing that special. Like uh, it feels like you're doing festive baking, and you are. But then you're also sneaking in some healthy vegetables. That's a win. So. Thank you, Dara. Ah, thank you. <laughs> all right, and happy holidays to you. All right, so we should talk some more things about. So now that you've got teenagers, I'm very afraid of teenagers because I'm going to get some very soon, whether I want them or not. Um, do they? They are to be feared. They are to be feared. <laughs> uh, are your boys like? Do they still care about baking? Do they? Do they come into the kitchen when you're pulling things out of the oven? 
Oh, oh, when I pull things out of the oven, yes. Do they put things in the oven? Oh. Rarely. <laughs> um, they used to bake a lot. I feel like, you know, when they were little, they baked a lot. And now that they're teenagers, they're not baking as much. But I feel like they're going to go back to it because they have that base. They have the knowledge. They have the know-how. But they're busy. And But I feel like they're going to come back to it. I think that that's yeah, probably accurate. Sure. It's, part of their, it's part of their tradition. It's part of what they know. They'll have the horror of going to college, and then they'll be like, oh, my gosh, well, there's, we, no, yeah. there's no baking there's here. There's no bread. No, of course. And we do actually have quite a few college students that are baking our bread in toaster ovens. So, And I saw that cool. you have the crock pot recipe. Uh-huh, that's right. you Exactly. Can, Oh, very crafty. All right, we should take a break here. We're going to come back. We're going to continue the holiday baking power hour with Zoe Francois. We will take your calls. Are you baking? What are you making? We haven't had, uh, you know, I well, I guess we had one bread call. But I could use a serious just straight up, are you making bread for the holidays? Are you gifting breads? Are you that? Are you part of the, the tribe of people that get the fancy gift bags and the cute little tags and then take a picture and put it on Instagram. Is that you? I want to hear from you. 651-989-9226. And we'll be back in a few moments here. Dara here. All right. So we have this, this turned into the WCCO Radio Holiday Baking Spectacular Hour. <laughs> Nothing but spectacular baking. Um, so I've got Zoe Francois here, though. She is going to be my sidekick through this whole thing. She is... Uh, more than a sidekick, I should say. My my co-crime fighter of bad baking. Something. Uh, so she has her new book. It's The Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day. We got a, a call looking for a a book for a baking book for diabetics. Yeah. I don't know really anything about well, that. Well, I don't really either because I'm all about the carbs and sweets. Um, but I do know of a book um, from – a pastry chef and baker that I trust. His name is Peter Reinhardt, and his book is called The Joy of Gluten-Free and Sugar-Free Baking. And I recommend this book to a lot of people who ask that same question. And he's just a tried and true. His books are just solid, solid, solid. So that's the one I would probably send him to. Peter Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's so many, you know, a uh, uh, so many things go on in the holidays. You know, you got to remember that we have so many people that have diabetes, so many people that are gluten-free. You did a gluten-free book a couple of years yeah. ago and yeah. that was that's interesting. I I when I gluten-free stuff that I prefer tends to have the nut flours and mm-hmm. a little more sure. con- like connection to that tradition and you have a bunch of those yeah we um we tended to have a real mix of flours for our gluten-free because we found when you just use one the flavor is wrong the texture is wrong and when we combine things like sorghum flour and millet and rice um they all have a slightly different texture and combine, they really create something that feels a lot like traditional bread. So we were pretty happy with the results, but it's a very different kind of baking. It really is. All right, so so that's the Peter Reinhardt book if you're a diabetic. And then we have a call. We've got uh, Eleanor from Maple Lake. Welcome to the show. What are you baking this weekend? Good morning, Dara and Zoe. I really enjoy your program. Oh, All right, you. now I'm baking rye bread, and I make... Cardamom raisin craisin bread for the holidays. Oh, nice. And frosted ulicaga. Nice. And I do soak my raisins. Yeah. 
and I bake brownies with thick cooked frosting. Anyway. These are, I love this. This is the old fashioned. So tell me about your, your Yulakaka. That's a great bread. Have you been making that your whole life? No, I, uh, it's just, I'm 80 years old. It's just been in the last, oh, several years, maybe 10, 15, that I decided, or maybe a little longer than that, that I could make good bread if I really tried. (laughs) My mother's bread wasn't the greatest, bless her heart. But we had a neighbor lady that made wonderful white bread, and that's what I started out making. And I do, my kids love my bread. Well, other people do too, and we've been gifting with potato sausage and a choice, well, rye breads, yulakaga, and cardamom raisin crazen. Are you making your own, are you making your own Swedish sausage? Oh, wow. We make like lots of it up near 100 pounds. Seriously? In your house? Well, this is the first year. No, the second year we haven't done it in our house. It's gone to our son. But we get together. It's a family tradition. Girl. And everybody takes some home, and it is what well, we think ours is the best, of course. I think yours is the best. That is impressive. That is a commitment to that potato sausage. Cool. I mean, I you got to get to get a hundred pounds of potato sausage. That is a significant investment in time, resources, and schlepping. That I am impressed. That is good. Did you did you teach yourself how to do this? Well, no, my husband's parents made it. Oh. And then my dad bought a, an antique potato sausage stuffer years ago and never used it. Well, we had it, but now we've uh, <laughs> gifted it to our son who has taken, he's been here every year to make potato sausage, even when they lived in Plano, Texas. I think you are this close to having a documentary crew come and turn you into the next Netflix hot show. (laughs) (laughs) And then they label the packages really crazy with funny names and, you know, the date and how many rings. Anyway, we have a great time. That's family tradition. That's fantastic. That is the that is such a better I want to rank on gift cards, but that is such a better tradition than the exchanging of the gift cards. Like I want to come by and see the antique uh, sausage stuffer. I love that stuff. When uh, I went to Ingebretsen's this year, which is documented on my mspmag.com uh, blog post, which has blown up. We're getting ridiculous state fair numbers. I think people just in all around the country just want to look and see what's going on at Ingebretsen's this year. And I, we could have an Ingebretsen's cam the way we have an owl or an eagle cam. Like people would just like to look in and see <laughs> what's happening. But uh, I got a couple of rings of their Norwegian sausage because my kids just love it. And it's kind of a desperation dinner for us because you can just throw it in a um, casserole pan and bake it and you're that's dinner. It doesn't take any work. Uh, and so, um, yeah, Swedish sausage. I love that people are making it. I love that new generations are appreciating it. It's good stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, not everybody appreciates it. Maybe you have to grow up with it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. People will come to it. It's it's uh, it's the kind of mild flavors have not been in favor the last couple of years. People are maybe, you know, more going to chili peppers or bourbon maple or to things that are more intense. But I feel that a return to the 
beauty, the subtlety of the potato sausage. That could that could happen. It could happen for us. Or well, ours only has it has lots of potatoes, ground beef, ground pork, salt, pepper, and lots of onion, mm. and that's it. And you, do you start with a you're using a real potato? You're starting with a russet or something? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, russets. Yeah, russets. That's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, Eleanor, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for calling in. This is delightful. You're welcome. All right. Thank have, you. have a happy holiday. Have some extra sausage for me. All right. You've got. Are you? What else are you baking this this uh, wonderful holiday season? Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. I am going to most certainly be making cookies because that's that. I've been I've been threatening for weeks now, and I can't get my act together <laughs> to make my Grandma K's uh, sour cream spritz. That's yes. happening. That Zoe, great. do you have a? I mean, because you can bake anything, right? You're like the Superman of baking. You could just do any <laughs> kind of thing. Do you have a thing that you yourself make for the holidays? Yeah, I do. Well, every Christmas Eve, I make a Yule log or a Bouche de Noël. Oh, you. Do. I do. And so that's I, the rolled up cake with a buttercream outside. Yep. Do you do the little meringue mushrooms? I sure do. Yep. Oh, my this mom is like does those. This a pastry those. chef's dream with all the sort of, you know, fussy details. So. My mom is an artist and she oh. would make the Bush de Noel every year. And then like all I cared about was the broken mushrooms that were that I could then eat because <laughs> they weren't going on the finished product. Exactly, and also you end up making ten thousand of them and snacking on most of those. Um, this year I did an all white one, so that's up on my. Oh, the um, one that's on the Better Homes and Gardens. Yes, that's right. Oh, yes. I was stalking your Instagram. It is. Yes. It's like Liberace Bush Noel. <laughs> it's so white and glittery and beautiful. Awesome. It's a good. Oh. Yeah. It's yeah, impressive. yeah, yeah, it is. It does have gold and silver <laughs> on it, so it is very Liberace. Um, yeah, so every year I just – I always do one. Uh, sometimes it's covered in ganache. Sometimes it's covered in meringue. Um, so that was one that I did, like you said, for Better Homes and Gardens. And so this Christmas Eve, I may do that one again because I think people are going to expect it. But I – you know, once I do something, I want to move on. So I may go in a totally different direction. I'll let you know what it ends up being. I'll put it on in, in uh, Instagram. And I will I will go look at that. <laughs> I have never done a Bush Noel. It seems oh, hard. Yeah, no. So uh, I have to say with most pastry, it's multiple steps. But all the steps are easy. And that's why I started doing these videos because I know people are intimidated by it. But if they can see it happening, if they see it unfold in front of them, they'll know just how easy it is. And also I share all of the sort of secrets that I learned in culinary school and working in a professional kitchen. So there's tricks, you know, there's tricks to doing these crafts. And once you know the tricks, it's all easy. I well, my mom would spend all day doing it, which was really fun, and probably the reason it took her all day is because the kids were interrupting her. So I, I don't know <laughs> exactly. what, right. how long it would take without those interruptions. It's but a, it's a sizable project. But you know, I love that about it. So you know, you have to have some time, maybe a cup of tea or a glass of wine, whichever way you go, and you know, make sort of a day of it. It's fun. I mean, I, I I feel very much like I want to do that. It feels like a, you know, like uh, hiking the Appalachian Trail. It's like, I want to do that. I'm going to set aside, I'm going to reconfigure my life to make that happen. Oh, but awesome. I do remember my mom would always just be like, look, 
buttercream can fix anything. No matter where things go wrong, if there's a break, if you know, we're just do we need That's some right. We can just spatula some buttercream on this and it's going to fix the whole situation and then we'll move on. I feel like that's the key to being a professional chef is knowing how to fix things so or hide, you know, those mistakes because it happens. It even happens in professional kitchens. And she's absolutely right. Buttercream can fix just about anything. <laughs> and the... The proliferation of the art of crumbs has really happened the last 20 years. There's uh, so many things you can do with crumbs. You can make them into a beautiful soil. You can make them into a dust. You can – it's right. uh, it kind of hit. You can even it's, bind them up with buttercream and make truffles. Oh, so you yeah. You can combine the two. I remember sitting at a very fancy restaurant uh, that closed kind of mercifully because I couldn't take it and just getting – like a, a it was like a $12 dessert and it was just diverse crumbs piles like, <laughs> with a with a little trail of sauce leading from one to the next and I thought this is a this is a thrifty way to run things you just <laughs> you just find some suckers you put 12 bucks you know you charge them 12 bucks hand them a bunch of crumbs that's a good day's work wow. food cost yeah anyway so even if things go that's the great thing about baking right is that even if things go terribly wrong you just get something oh, kind of good at the end of it and it still tastes great I I think that when you said before that, you know, the brioche is so uh, kind of intimidating. They don't let anybody do it. You're the young kid in the kitchen. That's not what they let you do. And I think it's just straight up food costs. They don't want you to destroy right. all, that all that butter and yep. egg. That's right. <laughs> but once yeah. you've bought it yourself, you're the king of the butters and eggs in your house <laughs> and you can do whatever you want. All right. We should take a little break here. We're going to come back. Um, I cannot get the, the text line up today for various technological reasons. So. If you want to contact us, you need to call in 651-989-9226 or you need to find me on the Twitter bot. I am at Dear Dara. We're going to continue this holiday baking spectacular with Zoe Francois of Artisan Bread in 5. And then uh, then you're going to go out and bake. That's how you're going to run this weekend. I'm sure of it. Oh, and if you want to talk to me, call me when we get back. All right, Dara here. We are in the holiday baking spectacular. I've got Zoe Francois here of the Five Minute Bread Situation. Her new book, Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day. Zoe is a Minneapolis mom who has been, you know, kind of moving the needle on people feeling like they can bake, which I think is good. A lot of these uh, kind of tactile things that people can do are coming back. I think it's because we're just, we can't take screens anymore. Everybody <laughs> wants to make beer or make bread or make make something, do something with your hands because when you just have your head in a screen all the time, you're in a weird altered reality that's not tr- not real and you can't really impact it and it's a little bit of screaming into the Grand Canyon and, you know, but you can make bread and you can make cookies and you can make little cute brioches for everybody i love that too that's the other thing is that we haven't talked too much about but the the christmas morning christmas morning is a is a is a star time for the top breads of the year right yeah. <laughs> that's what you yeah um it's also you know a time when your oven is in high demand so that you had mentioned the crock pot bread and that was one of the things that sort of you know, took our site by storm when we posted our first Crock-Pot bread. And I, you know, somebody had actually asked if they could do it. They were living in an RV and they wanted to bake bread. 
but they didn't have an oven. So they wanted to know if they could do it in the crock pot. And I thought it would be an absolute disaster. So I didn't do it. And then I finally tried it. And it was amazing. It's really? Amazing. I don't understand. I've certainly never done it. Explain to me how, because a crock pot is just heat from the bottom. That's right. So, okay. So you shape in, you know, you can do cinnamon rolls or a boule or, you know, a lot of the, I do a challah in the crock pot in this new bread, uh, in this new book. And what you do is you just shape the loaf and you put it into the crock pot. You don't let it rest first. Usually with the breads, you have to let it rise mm-hmm. so that they will be light and fluffy. But with the crock pot, because it's slowly heating from the bottom, you do the rise right in the crock pot. So you just shape it, put it in the crock pot, turn it on, and it does its magic. It takes about an hour for it to do the rise and the baking. It doesn't seem like that long. It's not that long. And, really, and it also depends on your machine. Some machines are more powerful. And than you get others. a crust. It's not. Well, okay, so that's the thing. If you are doing a hala or, you know, some softer cinnamon rolls, then it's perfect. If you're doing something where you want a crusty top, then you would have to put it under the broiler for a couple of seconds to get that nice crisp top because it does have a soft uh, I was renovating my kitchen for four years once because I, I was a restaurant <laughs> critic. I didn't really need to cook. And so right. I just had a toaster oven yeah. and a crock pot yeah. f- and a you know, ref- tiny refrigerator. Uh, and that – so I could have used that then. Yeah. So it's perfect and especially at the holidays when you know you have so much stuff coming in and out of your oven, you can still bake bread. So it's it's a great alternative. All right, Zoe Francois, our power hour of baking is coming to a close. You are a regional treasure, a Minnesota treasure, a national treasure. Tell me before you're working on a new book. I will have you back the second that's at or just in general. I love hearing what people are baking this weekend. Uh, I'd like to wish you a very happy holiday and also everybody that is listening. It's just such a good time to connect, to find, to remember what's important to you, to kind of get your head out of the the everything difficult and get your head into things that are doable. And so I wish you all happy baking, happy eating, and the happiest possible holiday. And I will see you here soon on Off the Menu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.